Success is about more than just business strategies. It's also about aligning with your higher purpose and clearing inner obstacles that stand in the way. I say this because you deserve to do what you love and to feel fulfilled along the way. And the reality is you're likely spending more time than you'd like to stuck in self-doubt. You may be asking yourself things like, why do I never seem to reach my biggest goals no matter how hard I work? Or why do I never quite feel like I've done enough, have enough, or am enough? If any of these sound familiar, you are not alone. And I've been there too. The good news is that the solution is simpler than you think. I'm sharing it inside my new four-day women's immersion, The Inner Critic Cure. This live four-day event includes daily classes, potent practices, and a brilliant supportive community of like-minded women. And best of all, it's only $37. This method is gentle yet powerful, and it actually works even when others haven't because it's based on a proven psychotherapeutic framework called Internal Family Systems or IFS. By the time you leave, you'll have the knowledge and tools to not only heal your relationship with those harsh inner voices, but to turn them into your strongest allies now and for the rest of your life. So join us to discover how to put an end to those negative voices that have held you back from your biggest dreams and desires. So you can live into the full potential you know is possible for you in both your business and in your life. You can learn more and join us inside the Inner Critic Cure at programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. That's programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. I'd love to see you there. Hello, welcome to the Sarah Avonstover podcast, a space to come home to your inner wisdom. I'm Sarah best-selling author and teacher of women's yoga, meditation, and spirituality. And this podcast was born out of my own desire to hear Dharma talks, which are what the Buddhist tradition calls wisdom teachings, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Here, I'll share these very talks, along with rich conversations about all different facets of the feminine spiritual journey. But above all, I created this because I believe that when a woman gets still and quiet enough to hear her inner wisdom, she's able to live her true path in the world. I hope this podcast helps you do just this. I'm happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello all. As life's twists and turns continue across the planet, I'm sending support your way. I know we all need a lot of it these days. With just about another month left of summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, I am off now on my annual summer vacation, which I am looking forward to. I'm recording this, obviously, before I'm going. And the special series here on the podcast on women in yoga and meditation continues. I am sharing this series in celebration of the creation of my online 200-hour women's yoga and meditation teacher training that starts at the end of September. A rich, wise group of women is forming for this training, 
some from the U.S., some from Europe, some coming to deepen their practices or get continuing education credits, and others who want to get their full-on Yoga Alliance accreditation. All are welcome. Registration is open for a few more weeks. To learn more and join us, you can head to womensyogateachertraining.com. That's womensyogateachertraining.com. This week, as part of the series, I'm doing something a little bit differently in that I'm sharing the replay from a webinar called Embody Your Dharma that I did last week with a longtime yogini sister, Micah McLaughlin. And Micah is the founder of WINK, which stands for Women in Community. And WINK is an organization that helps women grow their businesses while staying steeped in sacred feminine culture. So perhaps just by sharing all that, you can get a sense of why I would want to extend this webinar to you all. And the gathering was so sweet and nourishing that I for sure wanted our larger community to benefit from it as well. Micah and I met 18 years ago, and saying that makes me feel a little bit old, uh, while studying intensively with a wise and radical teacher of feminine embodiment, Sophia Diaz, whom I have written and spoken about over the years. Um, I'm no longer working with her, but I have just learned so much from her. And Micah and I speak very candidly about how our feminine spiritual lineages and feminine embodiment practices inform our present day dharmas or callings. Plus, there were lots of great questions from the other women on the call about how to integrate these two, our embodiment practices and our callings or careers in practical and sustainable ways. So specifically, we discuss how embodiment can help you discover and magnify your calling or dharma, ways to integrate your spiritual practice with your work, why devotion is essential to building your business, and what it takes to stay the course through all of life's ebbs and flows. If you're interested in embodiment, yoga, or an integrated approach to business, which likely you are if you're here listening to this podcast, I know you'll get a lot out of this conversation. And if you enjoy what Micah has to share, she's offering a free revenue revolution summit that's happening online on September 1st and 2nd with best in class business training for women creatives. If you want to start or grow a profitable and soul-centered business, I know you'll get a lot out of this training. I'm sharing this because I really believe in Micah and her work at Wink and the ways that they're supporting women with their businesses. And I wanted to share this free event with you as well in the community. And the link to join is in the show notes. And now for my conversation with Micah on Embody Your Dharma. 
Awesome. So welcome to this Wink webinar on Embody Your Dharma with myself, Micah McLaughlin, the founder of Wink, and our very special guest that I am so happy to host, Sarah Avant-Stover. This is the first time that Wink has ever had a webinar with a special guest. And as you will see, um, from today's topic, why I am so excited to share her with our community and just endorse her and her work with such, um, such deep confidence um, in, in what she's up to. And so thank you for being here. And I want to just start by saying that I've been doing online webinars for 10 years, so this is very, very normal territory for me, and I have been nervous for this webinar the last two days um, because the topic today is, and the, and the reason that Sarah and I know each other is because that we share a teacher, and this teacher is so near and dear to me um, and so profoundly important to me and my life and my soul that I've been nervous to reveal this part of my life and my experience. It's like revealing one of the most sacred flower petals of my heart. And um, there is no way I could ever do justice to what I have received from her. And um, so I've had to let go of even trying <laughs> um, and just be here um, in the reverence. And in in, it's true for me here. So without further ado, um, if you don't know me, I'm the founder of Wink Women in Community, and we have been helping women build their businesses for 10 years. And you'll see how that is very connected in a surprising way to um, Sarah and I's um, past together and our shared teacher. And so I am just, again, so excited to share Sarah with all of you today, who is the author of two books. Her first one was called The Way of the Happy Woman, and she has a 200-hour um, women's yoga teacher training happening this fall that I am really excited to introduce to all of you. So we're going to hear from her in great detail. Um, but before we get to her and introducing her and hearing from her, I want to just begin with a brief, I'm going to stop my share. So okay. I'm going to um, begin with just a brief landing because um, we all have teachers with capital T's in our life. And so as a community here in this unique configuration of women right here, right now, there is an abundance of teachers that are standing at our sides and at our backs who have helped us become the women that we are today and able to do the work that we do. So I just wanted to take a moment to um, light this candle in honor of my teacher, um, Sarah's teacher and teachers and all of your teachers and the ways that we are teachers to others 
And um, so if you feel comfortable to go ahead and close your eyes and just deepen your breath for a moment. taking a pause in our day to tap into the reverence that we each have for the the teachers that have transformed our lives. And you can silently say to yourself or even out loud in your own space, just naming some of those extraordinary beings that have touched you. And then on your next inhale, feeling outward to all the women here and the abundance of teachers that are in this space as a collective. And then feeling outward from there, our teachers, teachers. And our teachers, teachers, teachers. Just taking a few breaths to feel this incredible river of wisdom. that flows past, present, and future through this seen and unseen universe. And in our last breath here to revel in the principle of wisdom, this living, breathing intelligence and the miracle that we have each said yes to being touched by that river and to swim in that river and to be devoted to that river. So on your next inhale, you can slowly open your eyes. And delight in the good company that we are in. Swimming together. And so I would love to introduce you formally to this incredible woman and teacher in her own right, Sarah Avant-Stover. And Sarah, I would love to begin by just hearing a little bit about your story um, and what your journey was like finding the river of wisdom that you are so much a part of now and that um, you bring so much to, and perhaps bringing us up to the 
to the period in which you met and studied with our shared teacher. And then we can weave a little bit from there. Great. Well, first, I just want to say thank you, Micah, for hosting this and inviting me. I feel really honored to be here. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. And I'm right there with you. Like, there are not words that can that can honor our teacher enough. Um, and we'll just we'll just do our best to to honor her um, what she's imparted into us and. Hello to everyone, everyone who's here, those women who I know and those of you who I'm just getting to know and looking forward to our time together today. And as far as my story, back in that in the time when I first met our, our shared teacher, there was about a four-year window where a lot happened. And it was it was now I'm in my um, my early 40s, soon to be inching towards mid-40s, but at that time, it was it was age, between the ages of 21 and 25. Mm-hmm. And at 21, I had been practicing yoga. And I went to Barnard College in New York City. I was very um, rigorous with my academics. I'd always, I always had been. And I was just rigorous with myself in a lot of ways, as I know so many of us are and were as women. And pushing myself a lot. I, I had eating disorders. I was anorexic and bulimic in different cycles and um, was exercising a lot. And I injured my knee while I was running in college. And that's what led me to yoga. And so I started practicing yoga in a gym in New York City and just was struck by how how much it helped me just to cope with the stresses of, of my life. And all of that stress accumulated in me having the early stages of cervical cancer when I graduated from college. And that was a huge wake up call for me. I realized, Oh, I can't keep abusing myself like this. There there's, there's repercussions. And Serendipitously, at that point, I also got a job offer to go teach over in northern Thailand once I graduated. And once I went over there, my life changed. And I was introduced to traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and just the slower pace of life, the saner pace of life. I was introduced to Buddhism. And slowly I began to, to heal. I began to heal, um, my eating disorders. I began to heal my, um, the early stages of cervical cancer and other problems that I was having, like irregular menstruation. I also had ovarian cysts and just different, different teachers, female teachers that I met over there and also through reading, uh, one of, one of my kind of reading teachers was Brie Maya Tawari, who wrote the book, The Path of Practice, about how she healed herself using Ayurvedic rituals with food and nature and lunar cycles and yoga. Uh, she healed ovarian cancer. And so I, that was like my Bible. And that really opened up my eyes to just a whole other way of living. And I actually can't remember how I found out about Sophia. I think it was just one of those grace moments, um, conversation with someone, someone somewhere at some time. And I ended up at Kripalu one summer when I was about 
25 and did a women's workshop with her there. And I remember laying on the floor in Shavasana after one of her practices. And Micah, you know what her practices are like. And I was just tears were pouring down my face. And I just said, like, this, this is my teacher. This is my teacher. And she really opened up for me a whole new path for yoga, for my spiritual practice, for what to commit my life to as a feminine being. And it came just as, like I said, a stroke of grace, of a breath of fresh air after being so entrenched in very patriarchal, very masculine systems, whether it's my school or whether it was my work environment or the spiritual communities that I was a part of before then. And things just evolved from there. I want to take a short break from today's conversation to reflect on how I always find it really helpful to hear the stories of other women on their paths to wisdom. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I created this podcast in the first place. And this kind of heartfelt sharing is what lives at the heart of my 200-hour women's yoga and meditation teacher training. This year, for the first time ever, you're able to attend online from the comfort of your own home without the expense and hassle of travel, and also with the convenience of being able to revisit the materials via recordings, which I know are really helpful for women who are in European time zones, and sometimes the training ends for them late at night. So women who've attended these trainings in the past gather from around the world and often become good friends for life. We witness one another go through deep transformations. After spending a few long weekends together in practice in sisterhood, we feel a heart bond that keeps us wanting to connect in the months and years to come. So this online women's yoga and meditation teacher training is open for registration right now, but just for another few weeks. If some of what Micah and I are talking about today inspires you, and if you'd like support in healing and connecting to yourself, your practice, and your community, as well as your calling in a distinctly feminine way, you can learn more at womensyogateachertraining.com. That's womensyogateachertraining.com. It's a four-month practice intensive taking place over Zoom over four three-day weekends with daily sessions in mindfulness meditation, yin yoga practice in theory, women's flow yoga practice in theory, and women's circle practices. These sessions cover everything from alignment to subtle energy bodies to philosophy to leading and assisting other women through these very practices. And on the webpage I just mentioned, you'll find everything you need to know about the program, including an extensive FAQ and details about the curriculum. Plus, you'll get to hear what dozens and dozens of alumni are saying about this training. Again, you can learn more and join us at womensyogateachertraining.com. That's womensyogateachertraining.com. 
If it feels right for you, I'd love to have you join our circle. And now back to today's conversation with Micah. So powerful. Sarah, what, what's one of the things that you received, um, and our teacher's name is Sophia Diaz. Um, what's, what's one of the things that you received from her that's still very alive in your practice and in your, you know, how you, how you share with other women now? The core of it is that love is a gesture. And our, our asana, our breath, is a gesture of love. And one of my favorite sayings of hers is that um, the difference between doing yoga and dragging your dog around like a, um, or dragging your body around like a cantankerous dog on a leash is the answer to the question, are you in love? So it's just shifting from a transactional way of being, from a mechanical way of being, whether that's on a yoga mat or in our work, and coming to a place of more devotion and more heart. And are we actually feeling our heart, breathing with our heart through what we're doing? Yeah, so beautiful. So beautiful. How about you, Micah? Is there, like, what's, what's one of the core nuggets that, that lives in you right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, so like you, I, you know, how I found her is kind of its own story, which I won't go deep into, but I will say that I was, um, you know, I was, I think I was 19 and I was living in LA and like you, I was healing from an eating disorder and realizing how much I had unconsciously received this communication that women and being a female was weaker was a form of weakness and that I had really abandoned the feminine part of myself and I didn't even know what that meant it wasn't even like I didn't really understand that I could just it was just an intuition that was emerging and so I started going to the water every day or many days often, um, with a bag of grapes and I would throw these grapes into the ocean and I would just throw all my fears and all my self judgments and all my, um, hurts and my, just everything, just all this like toxicity was just coming out through these grapes into the water. And eventually I threw enough grapes of toxicity that this, prayer started to emerge. And I didn't even know what prayer was. I grew up in an atheist family and a household. And um, both my parents had been really wounded by religion. And so, um, but it just, it was an emergent property. And I started praying for women, praying for women to come into my life. I have goosebumps all up the back of my neck right now. And I didn't even know what that meant. And um you know, fast forward a couple of years and I was magnetized to Boulder, Colorado for reasons I didn't understand. And when I got here, what immediately happened is I met Sophia when I was 22. And she, I mean, I could write a book 
on what I received from this woman, <laughs> as I'm sure you could too, Sarah. Um, but riffing off what you shared, I had never experienced sacred or devotional culture that was healthy. Like I had been born into this secularized culture that either had some really strange things going on associated with religion or just this complete stripping away of the sacred. And I, I literally had no other template for anything else. I didn't even know something was missing. And being in her presence was like drinking from a fountain of devotion, like drinking from this sacred fountain. And learning what it meant to feel reverence, to have a relationship with myself and my body and each other and life and what's bigger than us from a place of reverence and what it meant to bow my head to what was bigger than us and bigger than me from that gesture of love, like you said, Sarah. And that was completely interwoven with this embodiment practice that kicked my fucking ass up one side and down the other. And not because it was exercise, but because it asked me to feel the contractions that I was doing. Like, and I won't go into a lot about that, but it was like, it was so powerful to have both this intense confrontation to the ways that I was gripping around life and to be held so intensely by a teacher showing me all of my shit (laughs) and not just as a concept, but in my body as a, as an actual experience and getting um, up close and personal with that anywhere I was gripped. And then this incredible, relief and bliss and reverence that happened as I let go of my contractions and let my nervous system open to feel more. Um, It's hard to put words to, but um, both are still with me. And I think wink itself is, I, I, it's not that I think, I know wink is an expression of what I received from her. And it's like a, it was, it's like a petal that was born out. Um, and so it's still very alive here inside of what looks like a business training program, but is actually this deeply devotional um, river I love that, Micah. Yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. And I feel that about your community too. You do. Yeah. 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 So tell us what happened. So from from meeting Sophia, what happened for you next? Like where did this lead? It's a big question. <laughs> it's just, um, 
at that time, I had also, I'd also been teaching yoga for a few years at that time. And I was still living in Asia and I was starting to teach there right at the time that the yoga boom was happening in Southeast Asia. And I hadn't, I was um, dating an older man at the time. He was like 13 years older than me. And he was also a yogi and he was very experienced with teaching around the world. And so we started teaching around the world together and taught the first 200 hour yoga teacher training in Thailand. And more and more, I started to get interested in just working with women. Mm-hmm. And so I would teach those special segments in teacher trainings. And I, te- I remember teaching just like weekend workshops in Chiang Mai, the city that I was in in Thailand for women. And more and more women started coming to me with the issues that I had been healing from and asking for more information. And from there, I just started to specialize in just working with women. And then I just really started only studying with women. Um, Sophia, Sophia was one of the teachers I had. And so I'm not working with Sophia anymore, but I have a few other core female teachers. And things just continue to evolve from there. I, like you, I felt the call to come to Boulder back in 2008. And shortly after I moved here, I published my first book about women and my path continues to evolve. And my, my professional offerings mirror my own, continue to mirror my own personal journey. Mm -hmm. So the various things that I continue to go through as I, as I get older, um, I, I learn from them. I learn how to heal from them. And then I turn around and I share that with, with other women. Mm-hmm. 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 So beautiful. And so you, you know, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it feels like this is your Dharma so far. Yes. yes. So how would you, for anyone who's not familiar with that word here today, how would you, how do you understand the word Dharma? Like, what does that mean for you? And um, how has embodiment helped you find, discover, magnify your Dharma in your life? Yes, well, Dharma to me has two definitions. Uh, one is teachings. And so in Buddhism, there's something called the triple gem, which is the core of Buddhism. And it's the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So Buddha is like our own awakened nature. The Dharma is the teachings and the Sangha is the community. And we need all three of those on our path to awakening. And then there's another, there's another definition of Dharma, which is more um, like one's calling or one's truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're we're speaking. Of. That's that's the definition that we're using here today. I'm I'm feeling and um, embodiment is key. Embodiment is key. And behind me here, you can see part of her, but it's um it's a Tibetan yogini, Yeshe Sogol, who um, she lived a very rich, interesting life. And actually, one of the students from my very first teacher training in Thailand. She's the, the Tonka or the sacred paint, painter for His Holiness the Karmapa. And she, um, she gifted that to me because Yeshe Sogol, she used her life as her teachings. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel that that's very much my dharma as well, um, for better or for worse. You know, I've had experience in my life that I would rather not have had, but I understand that that's part of my dharma and then to turn those into teachings. And so in that way, just my, my physical being is like the carriage. Um, one, just that, just to, be able to be incarnate on this planet and to, to share the teachings, but also just what I go through at a physical level, like whether it's my eating disorders or I had an abortion or, you know, just different heartbreaks, just different things that we feel as women that just viscerally impact us in our bodies and ourselves and our tissues. And so my, my body and, the experiences in my body are are key to transforming that, transmuting that in, into my dharma. And movement has always been so essential to me. I, I move every day. Mm. Um, it's it's what helps me to feel connected to myself, connected to my heart, to my truth. I start to feel cloudy and um, ungrounded if I'm not if I'm not deeply embodied mm-hmm. and I feel like it's also a lifelong journey. Like there's, there's deeper and deeper levels of embodiment mm-hmm. that we can experience. And I was just having a conversation yesterday. I have a podcast and I was interviewing a, a local woman as well. Susan Apotion who's a body centered psychotherapist. And she was saying like full embodiment is like a, is like a cougar running in the, in the jungle. And very few of us, get to that level of embodiment you know maybe we maybe we get up to like 80 85 percent of it but like what what does it look like for us to just to to inhabit ourselves more fully and i feel like these practices these embodiment practices like you're naming that help us to confront the ways that we habitually close um help us to expand into more of that full spectrum Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So beautiful. Just riffing on, on what you shared, Sarah, like, so Dharma as like, mm, in this context, like our soul's calling, like, why did we come here? Like, what is our deepest, most appropriate, integrous, rightful contribution with our... Yeah heart and our mind and our body while we're here. And embodiment has, you know, embodiment practices have really helped me discover my Dharma because it's actually not a thinking thing. It's, it, it actually gets revealed underneath all the ideas that I have. It's like deeper than my mind. And so the embodiment tradition that Sarah and I received from our shared teacher, Sophia, was a practice that helped helped me purify the trauma and the toxic emotions and the overly conceptual thinking habits in order to actually feel myself, like feel my own essence and to learn what it feels like to feel me. 
And also what it learned, it feels like to feel others when, when more and more of those barriers are stripped, the contractions, the toxicity, the, all the ideas, when more and more of that is stripped, I can feel myself better, but I also can feel others more cleanly. And so my dharma, what my rightful contribution is, became more obvious. But also being able to feel others' rightful contribution. And so it was like this embodiment practice has helped me see my own strengths, what makes me unique, and also what makes others unique. And and learn to start celebrating that. Um, rather than feeling threatened or intimidated or confused or jealous or, and so over time it revealed my rightful contribution more and more. And so I actually, you know, because my work is with women building businesses, what I, what I actually see is that this is so much deeper than a business. And so like there's actually ways to work with fear. There's ways to work with self-doubt. There's ways to work with um, internal criticism in the body. Yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all happening in the body, mm-hmm. and we're just we're we, we're in, we're such like a prefrontal cortex society, and we need to just have tools to get past that and to get in because our our truth is 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 in here. It's not up here. Mm-hmm. Not, like you said, it's not a concept. Yeah, 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 and so. In your day-to-day, Sarah, because you um, you have had a business for many years and you've been an entrepreneur, you've, you know, you've had that crucible in so many ways of like following your own torchlight through hell and high water <laughs> and the part of like having to put money in the bank while you're following what you love, you know, and um So like, how have you learned to integrate your spiritual practice with your work and business life? Yeah, I love this question because it's, um, they're so interconnected and like, they're really, they're really one in the same actually. And it's, it's all about devotion Mm -hmm. and and with that, it's like you said, it's getting out of my mind, coming into my heart, coming into prayerful space and really listening. You know, like one of my favorite prayers is from A Course in Miracles. I'm also a student of A Course in Miracles and it's a daily prayer. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? And to take instructions from that deep guidance, whether, whether, God, whether it's your own heart, whether it's the universe or source, um, but to listen from a deeper place and to move from there rather than just from, from an egoic plan or an egoic concept. And so I feel like that's how I withstand the storms is continually coming back and saying, what do you want me to do here? What's, what's my next right step? And, you know, prayer doesn't give us the 
five-year plan, the 10-year plan, the 20-year plan. It only gives us the next thing. And then having the faith to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it turns out well, sometimes it doesn't. And that's also part of like the soul's journey is we're not always here to be successful on societal terms. We're here to learn different things in different ways and have different experiences. And so it's just trusting all of that, just trusting how it unfolds and having those tools to keep coming back inside and to keep listening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really more about, it's about yielding rather than will. And I feel like so much business culture is about will and pushing through. And I've just learned that that, that doesn't lead me to a good place. Mm. 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 so powerful it takes so much courage in the face of so much of what our culture teaches us yes and it's like staying in this perpetual place of not knowing Mm -hmm. like I'm constantly like I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) just listening to what I'm supposed to do and that's why daily practice is so crucial it's because that's just what that's like my my alignment. So powerful. So powerful. One of the things that I love about charting our own course through entrepreneurship, and I just want to say as a caveat, there's in the last 10 years since I've started, since Wink started, entrepreneurship has become so sexy, right? Like when Wink started, nobody was talking about women's entrepreneurship. And I sort of watched this thing unfold. And now it's almost like you're not cool unless you have a business. And I really want to dispel that myth as well. Um, but one of the beautiful things about charting our own course in this way is that it feels like it gives us a lot of permission to relax the compartmentalization of ourselves and our lives. Like this is my work and this is my spiritual practice. And this is my, this, and like, they're all separate and um, allows this sort of permeability to come through. If we give ourselves permission for it to happen where, um, our, our business and our prayer practice are not actually different. Um, and so I just hear that partly in what you're sharing, Sarah, where like your spiritual practice has been to bow your head and to listen and to receive and to follow a deeper guidance. Um, and that's partly how you chart the course within your work life and they're not separate. Yeah, well said. Not not at all. Not at all. And in a lot of ways, it's like the ultimate training ground for our for our faith, for our spiritual practice is can we really put the rubber to the road where it matters the most? And because also goes back to that thing from Sophia that love is a gesture. Mm-hmm. And our work in the world is a gesture of love. It's a gesture of creativity of our truth. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. To do what we actually love means that we have to be in love. <laughs> yeah. So it's not that we not get not always to, easy. We don't get <laughs> to do the thing easy. that produces being in love. We actually have to be in love with 
our contrib like be in a state of love as we're contributing, like as we're terrified to put ourselves out there to like keep coming back to like that loving state and coming from that place. Yeah. Coming back to the embodied heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being able to feel, feel our hearts right now. Like let's just take a breath over the front surface of our heart and just feel our heart. And I hold the belief, I know I'm not the only one, but that our dharmas are inscribed in our heart. Mm -hmm. Like what, just like an acorn holds the life trajectory for an oak tree, it's our, our heart holds the trajectory for our soul's expression. And so if we're not feeling our hearts, we're not listening to our hearts, we don't have practices to connect us with our hearts, we're going we're gonna to miss the message. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Wink has been one of my greatest spiritual teachers. Oh, she's taught me so much. And one, the piece, you know, that you're speaking to so beautifully, Sarah, is like what it takes to actually follow our heart. which is follow what we love, follow our desire, follow our attraction. It takes so much courage to do it. Tremendous courage. Yeah. Like it often is irrational or nonlinear or like doesn't make sense. Or like we have all these reasons that we can't or shouldn't or will fall on our face. And it's like the courage to feel what we actually are drawn to and say yes to that again and again. And like you said, sometimes it doesn't go well. Sometimes we fall on our face a hundred times. So powerful. And there's like, I've learned more from those times than I have when I've been successful, outwardly successful, you know, mm. it's just changing changing the metrics mm, so powerful so that is a lovely segue like I think in a way we're already answering the question of this next thing we wanted to explore which is like why is devotion essential to building a business and it's like this is it it's like this is it. we have to be devoted to something bigger not just once, but like over and over. Yeah. And when we're doing, when we're doing strategy, when we're thinking about who to hire, when we're thinking about what program we want to create, it, it goes back to that inner listening to consult with that inner guidance first and foremost. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so how does that happen for the way that you teach really women around embodiment? Like you have this teacher training coming up for um, in the fall and like, how do you help women tap into that internal guidance? Yeah, I think most teacher trainings and most of the world and also just like 
patriarchy existence that we're in. It's all about finding the answers outside and someone pointing at you, telling you, you know, do this, don't do that. But what's really needed right now is what we've just been talking about is, is being in spaces where we're encouraged and empowered to keep turning in and to keep listening so that the truth can be birthed from within our own hearts. And then to, to build that trust to act on it, because it's one thing to hear it and it's another thing to actually trust acting on it, because so many of us as women, we don't trust ourselves. We've experienced gaslighting, we've experienced a lot of invalidation, and so there's a lot of self-doubt that, that what, what we're actually hearing inside is, is what we should be following through on. So all of the practice all of the practices that I support women with are aimed to help us to keep coming back to this sense of our own inner authority mm-hmm. and to keep strengthening that inner authority and for our teachings to come from there rather than from a script or rather than from just like a robotic memorization of what someone else did, but, but really, really mining our own depth to see like, what what is true for me here and what is the unique way for me to share this and kind of hard to explain how that happens um, but it does through through the practices through the embodiment practices the meditation um the self-reflection the group sharing and support it's um, just the kind of, I'm sure you experience in your wink communities, just like the sisterhood that, that happens. Uh, there's a, there's a magic in that and being able to see one another and witness one another and support one another and challenge one another. Yeah. 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 You know, this is, there's this great, I think it's Alan Watts. I just want to preface this where he, he talks about how like, you know, my yoga is better than your yoga and my way is better than your way. And so I don't, I definitely don't want to fall into that. And, um, what I received from Sophia through the yoga lineage was that yoga is a feeling It's actually exploring the, the, the um, vast sensation of feeling. And, um, and so, so much of what I experience in the yogic world is like, a, it, it still feels like a lot of doing. And I rarely go to a yoga class where I really feel that the heart intelligence is being touched and felt and um, connected with. And so, Sarah, it's why I really wanted to introduce you to like so many women in our community that have embodiment practices or attracted or um, haven't had that experience yet because I really trust that um, the container that you're holding for the embodiment exploration is very deeply connected to that feeling space, that inner um, exploration that starts with feeling rather than doing something, you know, and and doing it to your body. Um, And so I just... 
if any of you here have any either long history with yoga and you're still like wanting to learn more and continue on that journey, I just cannot recommend enough that you check out Sarah's teacher training that's coming up. And um, we have a link in the top of this chat. We'll send it out as an email as well. If you haven't stepped into an embodiment practice and you don't really know what that is, um, it just sounds like a concept right now. Um, Oh my gosh, thank your lucky stars that Sarah could be the first person you get to explore that with because she's so deeply embodied in such a beautiful doorway to a practice um, that can support you into feeling yourself and um, developing that your bodily wisdom that can speak to you and guide you through anything that you experience from here on out in your life. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that, Micah. And um, not sure what to say after, <laughs> after that, but I just, I deeply appreciate you. And yes, this teacher training, um, the women who are joining us are those who want to teach yoga and meditation. There's also a big meditation component um, and just want to have space to go deeper into their practice because we all know how busy life is and how, how busy we get with our work, with our families, our relationships, our health and self-care. And it's also just carving out space to, to really go deeper into your own practice and it has a retreat like feeling. Um, so we're going to be meeting online for four three day weekends between September and January and doing a lot of practice together, doing a lot of group sharing and exploration together. Um, and registration is open for a few more weeks till September 9th. Um, so if it's, if it feels aligned, love to have you and if not there's other shorter things that I do as well so good so good thank you um let's open it up a little bit to any questions or any comments you have on some of the things we've been talking about or if you have specific questions for Sarah um Let's hear how, what's landing out there. I'm sure that we have a lot of women here who have so much embodiment wisdom coursing through their lives and could be speaking for hours as, you know, right alongside of us. Um, but I'm curious. Yeah, Laurel. If you can hear me. Um, I'm going to put my hand. Um, so I'm curious for, I, um, do not have a daily practice at this time. I did previously, and it's one of the things I've let go in the last year. Um, so what practice, you know, would you suggest that, that someone start with? What daily practice just to tap into that embodiment? Well, I would ask you, what, what do you enjoy doing? Like what are the ways that you enjoy moving your body? Say that again, sorry. What are what are some ways that you have enjoyed moving your body? Like what what do you enjoy? 
So I love being in water, love being in water, which I live in New Hampshire, so I can't do that all year round. Um, okay. But, you know, dancing, I love dancing. I mean, I do practice yoga. That is one of the things I do. Um, and I think for me, I always think about that, the embodiment more as, as tapping into my breath than movement. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's both. And I would, I think it's important for all of us to find embodiment practices that we enjoy, that we feel attracted to, that feels like, uh, one of my teachers said that, that your practice should feel like dessert. I remember for, for a lot of years when I was practicing really intense yoga, it didn't feel like dessert. It felt like just another big mountain to climb. So I would, I would find things that, that your, your body just feels like a yes to. So if that's, you know, it sounds like, like kind of fluid dance with your love for water. It's like, how can you do some form of dance or even your yoga that has that fluid feeling like you're in water mm-hmm. and with your breath and like a fluidity of breath and movement and really feeling that interconnectedness. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, can, I, I just have the vision of Tai Chi, which I've never done because it's so slow. But, but yes. that to move yes. work for me. I don't know. Tai Chi is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And some, it looks like you have some greenery behind you and you could go out, outside and put your feet on the earth. Yeah. Micah, did you want to, did you want to add anything? I think you just so beautifully cut to the source of what it means to find something that we really enjoy as our starting place. So beautiful. And the other thing I would add is like, we can start small. You know, if there's no daily practice today, like it can literally be one minute to start or three minutes to start and like finding that small entry point so that it doesn't, you know, feel like a huge mountain. Yeah, that's really important. Um, In Tibetan Buddhism, they have something called glimpse practices, which is just like a six minute meditation. And I really appreciate that because it's just naming the importance of doing things consistently over the long term, even if they're short, rather than doing something longer inconsistently. Mm-hmm. So five or six minutes of meditation or movement or breath or a combination of the three, definitely starting small. And even just in the middle of the day, and I need to keep reminding myself of this when I'm in a full work mode, it's like, okay, can I just take six minutes to breathe and to, to be and to feel my body, to feel. Who else has a question or a comment or a reflection? Anyone here for the first time that wants to introduce yourself and just become known inside of this community? 
or any women, I see women here who are deep, deep inside of this community and feel so safe here. You could be courageous. Great. Tennis is your meditation. I love that. <laughs> I actually just um, bought a tennis racket at Target and I haven't played tennis in like 30 years, but this weekend I'm going to attempt and see, see what happens on the court with my new, with my new racket. But that's inspiring. <laughs> Katie says in chat, the groundedness I experience in both of you helps me open and trust what you're saying. I can tell it's authentic. It makes me excited and grateful for the opportunity to explore what's resonating with me that you're sharing. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Yeah. I see Anne loved Mia. Yeah, I love Mia too. And Nicole is asking, could you speak to the process of finding a teacher and how to recognize when you found the teacher for you? You fall in love. Yeah, and you just feel, feel. Um, I also think there's different kinds of teachers. Mm-hmm. And some teachers are more like friends uh, or like mentors. And I just... Throughout, I just feel an inner yes. Of, oh, yeah, this, this feels right. And in terms of finding a teacher, like, like, you, like you, Micah, was throwing those grapes into the ocean. It's like, it's like praying. It's, I, first, I pray. Mm-hmm. I pray to be led to the right, the right teacher, the right guide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then things start coming into my field. I want to take a pause from this conversation to also let you know about an upcoming online half-day retreat that I'm teaching to honor the equinox. And this is happening on Friday, September 17th from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Mountain Denver time. And if you're not able to attend live, there's a recording available for seven days afterwards. And in this retreat, we'll practice women's yin and slow flow yoga, meditation. We'll have time for some group practices. I'll share a wisdom talk about the change in season and the the coming season, and we'll also do seasonal reflections. And throughout time, it's been advocated that we pause and reflect and reset as needed on seasonal transitions. So I hope you'll join me to do that together this September, whether you're shifting from summer to fall or from winter to spring. And you can learn more and join us at womensyogateachertraining.com forward slash sept retreat. And sept is S-E-P-T, short for September. 
So that's womenyogateachertraining.com forward slash sept retreat. And the link to that will also be in the show notes. And now back for my conversation with Micah. So good. There's just such a heart impulse. And, you know, when I first met Sophia, the first time I went to her class, um, I really do feel like when you find your teacher, you fall in love and you like can't help it. It's like this very mysterious process. But it might not always happen in the first moment. The first time I went to class with Sophia, I was like, because she is a lioness. She is like big energy. And I was like, who is this woman? She's so full of herself. She like thinks so, she's like, thinks so much about herself. Um, and so the first in my first instinct wasn't, but I couldn't stay away. Like, and by the third time I was with her, the falling in love started to happen. But, um, I really, I, I think finding a teacher is such a unique personal experience. Like, our partners can be attracted to a totally different teacher than we are our best friends or it's a very unique. Yeah. I saw a question from Denise about say more about consulting with your inner guidance. Um, it's a big question, but it's, it's really building the muscle of continually checking in with ourselves in silence and in stillness because uh, it's, it's a still quiet voice inside and it can easily get drowned out. And we can have a lot of other, we, we all know we have a, a lot of other voices in our heads. And so it takes some time to discern what voice is what. And so that's why often psychological work is helpful alongside spiritual work um, to to distinguish between those voices and to help to create a more harmonious inner environment to make sure that the voice that you're listening to is really the voice of your truth. Uh, But one hallmark is that the truth always feels good and your inner guidance will never speak to you in a berating way. It's always loving and it's always very simple. It's not complex. So those those are some ways that, that you can know that you're really listening to your truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sarah, would you lead us in a moment, like just a couple minutes in closing to just create some space and kind of help narrate us through listening inward? Sure. Close. Sure. So I invite you all to close your eyes. And elongate your spine. See if you can really palpate your tailbone. And if you're sitting, you can feel your tailbone connecting to the surface that you're on and feel yourself making space between each vertebra. Just like some breath can actually flow through your spine. You might want to wiggle a little bit from hip to hip, sitting bone to sitting bone to feel some openness in your pelvic floor. And then start to breathe down into your belly, into your hips, 
into the base of your body, into the center of yourself. And taking these gentle breaths, just sense, to, sense into how your body's feeling right now. Notice sensations in your body. And saying hello to these sensations. And sending a spirit of friendliness and gratitude to your body for just even being able to be on a call like this. Start to take some breaths into your heart. Just feel into the emotions that are present right now or maybe that are lingering from earlier today. Just notice how emotional sensations feel different than bodily sensations. And again, sending friendliness to your feelings. And then breathe into where you sense your mind is. And I invite you to consider that your mind is throughout your entire body. Just sense how your mental body also has a different feeling than your physical or your emotional body. Saying hello to the contents of your mental body right now. Sending some friendliness to it. And then last, breathe into your spirit body or your soul body or whatever other terminology makes sense to you. It's just breathing into that eternal part of yourself that encapsulates those other three dimensions, that deep, wise, all-knowing part of you that's okay no matter what happens. It's untarnished by any circumstances in your life, past, present, or future. Just ask this deep part of yourself if there's anything that you need to know right now. If there's a specific answer that you're wanting guidance for, you can ask that question. You can ask, What's my next right step? And if nothing comes, that's okay too. And then just take a deep breath into all of these four dimensions. feeling how they're all interwoven together within this beautiful body and heart, mind and soul of you. And last, just feel into the circle of women, those who are joining us now and those who are joining us later, 
extending your care and friendliness to everyone else who's here. And as you're ready, opening your eyes and coming back into the space. I invite just as you're coming out of that, if there's like three words that you want to share in the chat about what's alive for you now, what's present for you. And then I'll hand it back to you, Micah. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you so much for everyone who's here now and in the future watching this recording. Um, I'm, so, I'm so moved by the simplicity and the radical way that we in women's bodies are showing up right now in this time. To listen and to love and to feel, to build and to rest, to feel our feelings, it feels like a time of great great reclamation through women's wisdom and relearning what leadership looks like that can be quiet and still and yet so powerful just from that, from a receptive place. And I don't know that we know how to do it, but I can feel us showing up for learning something that is really needed in this time. And so Sarah, thank you so much for your devotion. And You're welcome and thank you so much, Micah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here with you all and to be invited into your community. And um thanks so much for organizing this and thank you all for for being here and for your contributions, whether energetic or verbal or both. We wish you a beautiful evening. May you be more connected to the sacred tonight or the rest of your day if you're listening on the recording. May you be in that sacred connection in your day and your footsteps and in your sleep. Until we meet again. Yeah. Much love. Thank you so much for joining me and for taking this time out for yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be very grateful if you'd take a moment to rate and review this podcast. 
That way other women who might enjoy it can better find it. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support.